You're listening to The Lucid Entrepreneur. My name is Rene Bos and I'm your podcast host. In full disclosure, I'm here to share with you through this podcast what's going on behind the scenes and behind the curtains of a Dutch entrepreneur living in Bali, trying to live a life with meaning and purpose. I'll be sharing with you the good, the bad and the ugly, all for your own learning and inspiration. Enjoy listening and please subscribe to receive my weekly new episodes. It's been a long, long time since I have been recording an episode for all of you. Especially these, my diary ones, the one that you're about to listen to today. Yeah, I've been procrastinating, I've been delaying, pushing back and... Yeah, I know that there's some fans out there that have been reaching out to me, like, where is the episode? Um, So here I am on this Wednesday morning. (coughs) I'm sitting in the apartment that I've been renting for a couple months while I was visiting family in the Netherlands. And while I was just enjoying the country, the land that I come from. And it's been such a journey. Um, I'm sitting here with my luggage nearly packed. In a couple hours I'm going to be heading over to the airport. And hopefully everything will go well. Because I am flying back to Bali, my home. The place that's been my home for the past almost four years. And it feels so good to say that. Yes, yes, I have been living for four years in Bali. And I created a life there. And I've got friends there. And I've got my house there. And... Yeah, that feels so good to share and, and and at the same time I'm like, wow, this trip to the Netherlands has been so, so enriching. It's been such a vortex of, yeah, good things and I don't want to say bad things, but more comfortable things and less comfortable things. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, I didn't really write down any agenda for today. I just felt like sharing, sharing a bit vulnerably about my trip here I would like to dive into business a little bit what's been going on for me and what's been going on for my clients and yeah maybe also sharing a few lessons that I took with me from the Netherlands and also some intentions that I am setting for my return to Bali and some things around relationships and romance so yes as I'm sharing this (laughs) unprepared there's a lot of things to share so yeah where to begin I think I want to bring it back to the moment if you listen to episode 0 or episode 1. That's where I shared a little bit more about my history. My history of being a 5 day old baby and being abducted, being kidnapped. (coughs) And being away for 11 days from my parents who basically gave up on me in terms of we don't think he's going to come back alive. He's been away for such a long time and if you look in history then if people get kidnapped, especially babies, then the chances that they are found back alive is very small. Um, so yeah, you know, I've I've done a lot of work around yeah, trying to figure out what was the impact on me, is there anything that I have experienced, anything I remember, but there's literally zero. Um, I did so much. I did work through um, medicine work like ayahuasca, bufo, um, all other kinds of plant medicines. 
I've done family constellations, I've done body work, trauma therapy, breath work. And yeah, there's just nothing coming. <laughs> so I kind of, I am at peace with it, that that happened and that it had an impact, especially on my parents, especially my mom. And I think the only real impact that I have experienced is just the overwhelming caretaking and and um yeah my mother just being worried all the time where where are you you're late where are you why are you like yeah it's been really challenging growing up especially as a teenager when you you know you want to push you want to push away your parents and you want to do your own thing and yeah that really became a problem and online gaming was my hideaway from 14 i think 14 15 playing online video games put my headset on I would come downstairs at my parents' house to have dinner with them or, or breakfast or lunch and then I would go to school and the moment I would come back home, boom, I would be behind my PC playing online video games and basically isolating myself from the world. So yeah, that that was basically, well, not only that, but it, it was what I believe like most of the things that I was doing when I was a teenager and... Yeah, I really feel like I have drifted away from my parents from a very young age, like isolating. And then when I was 18, I ran away from home, um, took all my things, all my belongings with me, with my mother screaming in the door, don't go, don't go. And then going from sadness and desperation to anger, like, oh, you, you never come back. Don't you ever dare to come back. Um, so that was a pretty traumatic experience for both of us. And yeah, I did move back to my parents' house around 19, so like a year, I was a year outside of their house, I was not in touch with them at all, and then came back home, but again, like isolated, video games, work, and didn't have that much yeah, connection with them. So when I was 25, I moved to a big city, or a big city, like away from the small city I was living, Gorkum, to Utrecht, which is, um, I don't know, maybe six, seven, eight times bigger if not more, and um, yeah, wow, lots of drama, my mother was really angry that I moved so far away, 30 minutes by car, And um, but I think she was mostly mad because I was making my own decisions, so, <laughs> but I felt free, I'm like, holy shit, I'm free, um, yeah, lived there in, in Utrecht for about five years, and then I moved to Bali, so, yeah, the the communication and the, and being in touch with my parents was super, super minimal and basically non-existent to the frustration of my mom and I think internally for me as well, like just wishing that things were different. So with me moving to Bali even further away, this time not 30 minutes but 17 hours by airplane, um, you, can, you guys can probably imagine what that did to my mother and yeah, <laughs> she basically cursed me. Um, but... Yeah, all from just really missing me and longing for me. And um, I've been doing therapy for about two years now, I think. And through therapy, I feel like there has been so much more space created for me to actually long for my parents and like wanting to have a connection with them. And yeah, knowing that it's not optimal with me living 10,000 miles across the world. <laughs> and I can't really like, okay, mom, I'll be there in 30 minutes. That that's just not gonna happen but Bali really feels like home for me um, so that that you know it wasn't a tough decision at the time because I yeah the connection between me and my parents was not strong anyway so it's like 
people asking me like hey uh, you're moving to Bali how can you leave your parents behind your family I'm like well I don't have a great connection with them anyway so I'm gonna go and that actually felt good and I actually feel like I was able to create family in Bali when it comes to very beautiful connections with friends and people that are there for me and yeah but because of therapy these last two years yeah like I said I feel like there's so much more space for love for my parents and also more understanding of, of things that happened and also seeing things that I have done that basically <laughs> created even more space between us so yeah with that a couple months well before I came to the Netherlands um, in January I broke up with my partner after two and a half years and yeah I'm like I want to see my parents really want to see my parents so that's when I decided to come to the Netherlands for two months I thought but that actually became four months it's um, 5th of October and I was gonna go back um, 18th of August so yeah I really extended my stay and it was mostly because I just wanted to see my parents more and I, I I am sharing this with you with a little bit of tears welling up in my eyes because it's like wow like I did it like I came back to the Netherlands I've had so much resistance to here like oh no I don't want to live here so stressful so expensive so this so that so cold so rainy and Bali oh Bali yeah, Bali everything is perfect but yeah that's also not really true but apart from that it's like I did it like I connected with my parents in a different way I was really curious about their childhood and, and we had beautiful moments and we cried together and had beautiful moments one-on-one -on -one with my father and had, had those moments with my mother as well and yeah I really feel like I've got a I've got a, a mom and dad again and I think I basically lost that feeling maybe when I was 18 and that's 15 years ago so yeah I'm sitting here in my packed up apartment um, with a very yeah grateful feeling looking back at a beautiful time in the Netherlands connecting with my parents also knowing that I will be seeing them again soon not the next couple months especially not in the Netherlands but maybe in a more warm climate they're also thinking about visiting me which is also special because you know I've been living there for nearly four years and they've never visited me because they didn't like it <laughs> that I lived across the world um, yeah so that that feels so beautiful and uh, and I also feel that there's there's a, a place in me like an empty place or there was emptiness and it feels like that's fulfilled and I don't necessarily think it's fulfilled by them but it's fulfilled in me that I made the effort and that I really connected in a way with them that I needed so yeah if you're listening and you have a challenging connection with your or challenging relationship with your parents then also know that yeah I, I mean for me therapy I think therapy was the <laughs> was the thing that really helped and that really allowed me to step into more of an understanding and not being so triggered and yeah just really coming from a space of love like hey I really want to have a beautiful connection and I know that this is not going to work for everyone I know that there's people with parents who yeah are just unmanageable I guess or 
yeah, you just don't see it working, then maybe you should also try some therapy. <laughs> because I I feel yeah, I feel good. I feel of course it's some people say, yeah, you know, if it doesn't work with your parents then, you know, it's it's just your parents. But I also believe that, you know, especially as they raised you and if they're your biological parents or yeah, if whoever you consider your parents that it would be beautiful and more fulfilling if you do have a great relationship. But again, I know that it doesn't work for everyone. Yeah, so... I also want to share a little bit more about business. Because, um, yeah, sharing from, from a vulnerable place again. I feel that my business, the business that I'm running, my coaching business currently is on a more lower how to say it like I'm not on fire with it at the moment not that I'm not excited about it um, I deliberately dialed it down a little bit I've got um, three clients now which is less than I used to have and I am launching a group of four in November but the thing that makes me feel like <coughs> like it's all a little bit dialed down is because I'm not really promoting that much for my business and I'm not really looking for new clients. Um, yeah, and, and it has to do with the fact that I took on another IT project a couple months ago. As I was in the Netherlands, I thought, you know what, I will take on an IT project because it is, yeah, it's a skill set that I have. And there's a lot of work. People there are really screaming for people. Um, and it's really easy, quick money for me, basically. So with me building my villas in Bali, which are, yeah, nearly finished, um, a financial boost was actually very welcome because that kind of money I'm not generating yet with my coaching business. So this actually felt like a an adult move, which is actually also something that my therapist helped me with. Because I'm like, no, I'm not going to go back in IT. It's something that I said goodbye to three years ago. I'm a coach now. It's something that I'm much more fulfilled by. I don't want to do the stupid IT work. Um, but yeah, looking at all the pros and the cons, it's like, Renee, just just put yourself over this. Just do it anyway. And, and um, yeah, I've been do doing that for two months now. A little bit over two months. And it's paid off big time. And even better, I can bring it back with me to Bali. So I can work remotely and still make my money through that. So, yeah, um, I still see that coaching is my long-term vision. And being an entrepreneur, of course. But this feels actually really good. It's like, yeah, I don't have to worry about the money, especially with the villas being finished. Um, next year, though, is going to be my year, guys. Next year... I feel that I will have so much space and so much time to go fully in my coaching business that, yeah, I know that beautiful things are going to be happening. I just know it. And I have a big desire to be super visible, you know, going on stage, organizing workshops, masterclasses in Bali. And Bali is not that big. There's a lot of tourists. So I feel like this is, this is going to be it. I'm like, yeah, Renee is going to be the business coach or business mentor or you know i'm also so open to being in flow and seeing what will come my way not being too stuck or focused on one direction but i feel that this yeah this feels super aligned and i feel energy running through my body it's like yes i am gonna do it um and i, ev I even see it here i didn't did i or did i not yeah i did sign up a new client here in the netherlands as was here my plan was to speak at events and do workshops and everything 
Um, I did speak at an event, which was really beautiful and actually a place where I connected with a lot of potential clients. But um, the IT work kind of put me also in a little bit more of a lazy uh, state where it's like, yeah, I don't really have to sell clients. I don't really have to yeah, sign people up. So if they come, if they come my way, great. But yeah, my energy is just more in other areas, in my IT work and yeah. <sighs> so yeah, if I overall look at business and like money and career, I feel super held and super abundant and there's a lot of beautiful things happening. Um, and just having a little like summer break, it feels like, from my coaching business. Um, but I'm also really excited to get back into the game, get my, how do you say that, get my hands dirty, like yeah, I'm going to do the work. And I want to go big time, guys. <laughs> I'm not saying like, yeah, I'll just sit here safely behind my screen. Like, I really want to go to in-person events and host my own retreats and workshops. And and that's going to happen. So that's, um, yeah, that's going well. And in my last <coughs> in my last episode, I also shared that, yeah, that I almost lost my team because of uh, a, a little mistake that I made. <laughs> telling them that they have to wait 30 days until they get paid from now on. Um, I did roll that back, of course. I think I might have already shared that, but yeah, we were able to resolve that. And um, yeah, I'm happy to see that we can move on again <laughs> in a good way. So yeah, this is all learning and all yeah, making mistakes, getting up again and taking ownership as well of your mistakes. Yeah, and then I think... Another topic that I would like to dive into is around relationships, romantic relationships. Um, in these four months in the Netherlands, I think I have connected with maybe seven women, and uh, which is quite a lot, like actual dates and and spending time together and even going on a trip to Brussels and... Um, yeah, and there definitely was also intimacy, not with all of them, but with most of them. And for me, it really feels, and this is really vulnerable to share, but this, yeah, it, it, this also feels like I'm sharing it from a place where I want to, yeah, give you a peek inside what some of the behaviors could be, and maybe you recognize things in yourself as well, but yeah, I really feel like I left, I yeah, I almost left a wreck like a train wreck of women here in the Netherlands with broken hearts. And this is a, this is an old pattern of me. It's something that I truly recognize from from the past, from when I from when I had my go- first girlfriend at 18 and then dating and dating and dating and seeing so many different women and then what actually would happen is when I see a woman and I'm attracted to her I, yeah, I instantly go into this sort of fantasy where it's like, wow, this is an amazing woman. Wow, she's beautiful. Oh my God, I could really see her, like, be my partner and then maybe maybe even my wife. And would I, would I have babies with her? Yes, I would definitely have babies with her. Um, so I ju- and this all happens in like ten minutes, right? So I completely build this fantasy in my head. And based on that, my heart completely opens to this woman. Because I feel it. I'm like, oh my god, this is the one. This is going to happen. 
So when I connect with a woman like this, she feels me and she's like, wow, this guy has his heart fully open. Um, even talking about these things like the future is something that happens pretty quickly. And then the woman is like, whoa, who is this guy? Right? So this all happens really quickly. And then I'm like moving way too fast. Right? You're, I'm, I'm progressing through the stages of dating and and it becoming more serious and you know like this can all happen in like two weeks for me which is way too quick what happens after these two weeks or maybe a bit maybe a bit more after we've connected then and this this is two years of therapy guys <laughs> this is not something i'm just making up what happens after the two weeks i start noticing some things that i don't like about this woman which is normal because you know no one's perfect there's always things you don't like about each other and because i'm such a perfectionist and i'm pretty like mm, i'm pretty like towards myself i can be so like self-criticism like i'm so critical of myself if i make mistakes I feel like I'm sinking through the ground. Like I don't want to make mistakes because if I make mistakes, then people will think I'm stupid, or you know, that's that's the the reason behind that. So after the two weeks, I start noticing the things that I don't like about the woman, and then my perfectionism kicks in. Like, oh well, I don't like these and these things about her. Well, I don't like her that much anymore. And then the reverse thing happens. Then I completely deconstruct this future vision that I saw. With this woman, the babies, they're marrying together, living together, beautiful future. I completely deconstruct that by finding all the things I don't like about this woman. I'm collecting stamps. And then, yeah, and then my heart closes and then I'm done. And then and then it's really, yeah, feels impossible to open up again. And it's like, yeah, I don't, I don't want to be with her. So this happened a couple of times and you can only imagine, yeah, what that must have felt like for the women, of course, because they're like, huh, How, like last week you were, or yesterday you were like this, and now, yeah, so that has been um, an uncomfortable series of events here with multiple women. I did, and this is something that I'm also proud of, of sharing, is I didn't just disconnect with these women. I actually uh, took ownership of my behavior, and I sat down with them, and I did let them express and share their emotions and their feelings. And yeah, all of them actually shared back with me like, wow, you know, I totally get it. And I understand. And there was an understanding. So yeah, but as my therapist, and this is another vulnerable thing to share. My therapist also shared with me, like, with me, like, hey, Renee, you need to, yeah, be fully transparent that you are working on this. And that this is basically manipulation, right? It's not a conscious ma manipulation. It's subconscious. It's something that I... Yeah, it's something that bothers me. It's not helping me. Because I do want to have a long-term beautiful relationship again. And I do want to get married at some point, And I do want to start a family. Um, but yeah, this, this is not helping. This will only leave more train wrecks. So yeah, this is something I'm really aware of. Um, officially, it, it would be called manipulation, which feels super, super vulnerable to share here. It's like, oh my God, am I admitting that I've got some manipulative behaviors? Yeah, I guess I am. I guess I am, but I am working on it, and it's never my intention to do so. Um, so yeah, my therapist told me like, hey, maybe you need to start expressing to people or women that you meet like, hey, I really like you, I'm interested in you, but um, 
it's it's a little bit dangerous to be with me right now because I've got some manipulative behaviors and I'm working on it and yeah I need to figure things out but we can like date and we can spend time together um, but of course I need to be super fully aware that I'm not pulling these um, yeah these tricks up my sleeve again yeah so this has been uh, this has been one heck of a thing and and one heck of a confrontation inside myself because I'm like oh my god. This is what I've been doing my entire like yeah my entire life when it comes to women, but now I've become more um, aware and diving more into personal development and spirituality and now the therapy. It's like now I actually see the stuff that I'm doing and I'm like oh my god what am I doing, Renee what are you doing stop doing this so yeah wish me luck deconstructing this behavior because it's it's not serving me and it's not serving others. Um, yeah, so there was a little thing, ar- a little riff around relationships, and yeah, maybe I can speak also a little bit more into the whole. I want to start a family topic. I'm not sure if I already shared that in a in a past episode, but I don't think so. Yeah, I have a huge longing and desire to be a daddy, to be a father, and to to have children. Um, and this is not new for me. This is actually something that I've known for a long time. I've known it since I don't know. I don't. I don't know the exact age, but like let's say 18 or 20. Like when I see children, it's like oh, so cute. Like I would love to have a child of my own at some point. Yeah, and um, this relationship that I that I told you about that uh, ended in January of uh, 2022, which is now. 10 months ago yeah that was one of the most beautiful relationships that I've ever been in and for two and a half years and we were living together we had three cats in Bali we both loved travel we were both super abundant we loved freedom we were both wild and we were both very cute (laughs) everybody loved us but yeah there was just one thing that kept yeah one thing that kept following us I guess something that wasn't right and um, and I actually knew about it since day one because we we did talk about it like hey would you ever want to have children and then she said no like oh wow that's that's very direct and clear and she's like yeah no no I'm I'm, I don't want to have children Um, and then she returned the question to me and I'm like well I don't know I I think so but yeah, I'm also just open to connecting with you anyway. So we decided to be together, knowing that she was a no and that I'm more of a yes. Because we were like, yeah, let's just let's just figure it out. Let's just see what what happens. And uh, we had the most, in- at least for me, let me speak for myself. I had the most amazing part of my life with this woman. Um, but again, this one thing the children topic it uh, it was something that was growing in me in the first year of us being together in the second year and yeah the closer we got to that end station of two and a half years it became more and more clear that i was a full yes to starting a family in a couple of years and we really tried to figure it out and we got help from our therapist and we did we talked a lot about it we read books about it um but yeah, the, the the conclusion we came to is, 
I really want it in the next couple of years. And she became more of a no, but maybe in nine years when she would be 40. And to me that just sounded like, yeah, that's way too late. And there's still a maybe. So then there's a huge risk for me to stay together with a woman that I truly, truly love. And we were still in love. Um, yeah, to choose with so to be with someone that might say in nine years, yeah, I, I'm not really feeling it. And then I would be over 40. And then I would feel too old to become a father. That's just a personal preference of me. Like for me, end of my 30s would be like perfect. So it's 36, 37. Yeah, so that was really hard. It was really hard to break up with someone that is so compatible and that I love so much and I'm still in love with. And I see this whole beautiful future that I can share with her. But the one thing that didn't work is a problem that is coming from the future. Like she does not want to have babies with me or basically just in general. So yeah, that's been really tough. That's been really tough. And um, But I'm still strong. I'm, and now I'm also like, yeah, when I meet a woman and she's a no, then it's like, yeah, then I don't want to date you. Um, because I don't want to, yeah, I don't want to end up in the same situation where you really get to know someone and it's so beautiful and amazing and then you need to break up because of this reason. So for me, I, I'm, I'm like ready to meet a woman in the next year or two or so that wants to start a family and is very clear about it. So, yeah. Yeah, what a life. So, I am um, looking at the time. It's uh, 9.10 a.m. I'm recording this in the morning, as I mentioned. Yeah, we're about half half an hour in. Yeah, I feel like wrapping up for now. I'm going to go get some breakfast outside. And, um, yeah, slowly move my way to the airport in the next couple hours. So, I'm just feeling if there's anything else that has been troubling me or anything else that I feel like sharing. Yeah, may maybe one little nugget and, and um, yeah, inspirational piece. And again, I'm not sure if I shared this in the past episode. Um, but if there's one thing that I would have done differently in these past three years of being an entrepreneur and specifically a coach trying to make it in the coaching industry yeah if there's one thing that I would have done differently it would be having a, a job on the side or maybe differently like having a job and I'm not saying a 40 hour job but just something as a for me then for me freelancing is amazing I'm not sure if you're listening if freelancing is a possibility. Probably it is. Maybe send me a message if you think it's not possible. Maybe I can give you a little mindset tweak. Um, but yeah, as a freelancer, you know, you can work flexible hours. You decide your hours. You have a great hourly rate. A job is also fine. Um, but I would suggest taking like a job that pays you well enough. And where you can work 32 hours or maybe even less a week while you still have enough to live off um, because that that would be something for me that would have made things so much easier because I put all my eggs in one basket right I said okay fuck the IT I'm gonna go full coach Twi 2022 is gonna be Renee full time coach and I did that un until I came to the Netherlands because I'm like fuck I really wanna do 
some IT work because I need the money. But if you are in the position of starting your own coaching business or maybe you're already in it and you feel a bit stressed about hitting your financial targets, then I actually feel, I, I mean it can be both ways, right? I think I'm a, a little bit split about it, but I wanted to open your mind about it anyways. I do think that a little bit of pressure is good, right? So if you get fired from a job, you can't find a new job, and you're like, okay, I'm going to be an entrepreneur, that you will get the necessary you will get the necessary push to make it work because you need to and because you need to you will make it work right so that's that's one thing that i that i know but if you have the option of having an income stream for your living expenses through a job and still have time apart from that to start your coaching business and just really slowly scale that up and as you're scaling up your your yeah, your own business, whether that's a coaching business or another business. This is not only for coaches. As you're scaling up your own business and increasing your income and revenue, then you can start building down your job or your freelancing assignment, which means you have more time for your own business and then your business will grow more quickly. So, yeah, if I would have done things differently the past three years, then I would have kept my IT job on the side and uh, full transparency, which I love, I love sharing full transparency. As an IT professional, what I charged was uh, on average 100 euros an hour, which is 800 euros a day, which is 4,000 euros a week, which is 16,000 euros a month, which is crazy, right? Of course, taxes go off, which is quite a bit in the Netherlands, about 50%, but 8,000 euros a month after taxes is an incredible incredible amount of money so if I would have done things differently and it's actually something that I did in the beginning when I moved to Bali but then COVID happened and I couldn't find a project anymore and things were really difficult at the time which actually forced me into choosing to be an entrepreneur but what I did and what I, what, what I would have done and kept doing was working 10 hours a week as an IT freelancer, 10 hours a week would result in 4,000 euros a month. And that is more than enough to live off in Bali. And I think in a lot of places, even in the Netherlands, even though things are getting more expensive there now. But yeah, so I'm just trying to open up your mind to, you know, entrepreneurship is great and it's such a journey that I... You know, the more you can do to take away stresses, and especially if these are stresses for survival, right? So food, water, roof above your head, people, healthy, like movement, like all the things that you need to function properly and to not be too stressful. And money is another one, right? A big one. Then you should implement that in your lifestyle. So don't, if you have the choice, don't go all in as an entrepreneur. Build it up next to or aside from your job or freelancing assignment. And as your business is growing, you can slowly start to decrease the amount of hours you spend on that job or assignment. And then at some point you'll be at 0% um, employee sort of status or freelancer and you'll be at 100% entrepreneur killing it. And that's something that I would have done differently and would have saved me a lot of stress. And I also see that, like I said, if there's a, a, a need 
or a must then it can actually bring you the the necessary push to make it work anyway so yeah just a little choice for you there to think about um, if you're in a similar kind of situation so yeah let's uh, let's wrap up for now um i thank you for listening i am dying to get some feedback so if you're listening and you thought it was a fun podcast or you learned something or you have some key takeaways share them with me if you feel like me speaking into other topics let me know um, how are you impacted by me sharing vulnerably about yeah some very personal things and some very personal challenges that i'm facing and working on right so um yeah with that i want to thank you again for dropping in tuning in with me here and i would love to see you and have you on the next episode of the lucid entrepreneur